0: going to start to say something, and I invite you to join in and keep saying it until you get to words you don't remember, and you can just drop off when you get there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He He maketh me me lie down in green pastures. He He leadeth me beside still waters. waters. He restores restores my soul walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no Well done It's incredible, isn't it, that that is a psalm that so many people know, at least enough to recognize it by the first words. And some of you, I would guess, know it because you were taught it when you were only this high. It's interesting that this psalm speaks to us of God's comfort in a universal way. It's one of the top options that people put on the funeral cards that you can get as you welcome people to the celebration of someone's life. And it is that because people choose it so often. It speaks to us of God's abiding faith of love of us and care of us. I read of a pastor who interfaced with several Jewish people who had been survivors of the Holocaust. And as he got to know them better and better, he ventured forth with a question. Does Psalm 23 mean as much to you as it does to me? The answer from those particular individuals was yes. It reminds us of God's provision and love for us. How amazing that such a text can speak to us in a universal way. It speaks to us in a very deep way, because we know our vulnerability. To think of the Lord as our shepherd, providing for our every need even in the face of difficulties, even among our enemies. This is good news that we want to remember so that we can claim it. This image of Jesus as the good shepherd is a popular one as well, and you often see it depicted on stained glass. When Jesus is surrounded by sheep, he's often holding a lamb in his arms. Again, we are reminded of God's care for us, we will never be snatched away. Maybe you remember the poem, Footprints in the Sand, which also has some likeness to this image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Mary Stevenson wrote this poem in 1936. And the poem talks about looking back over her life and seeing in the sand two sets of footprints. Footprints but noting that there were particular occasions in which there was only one set of footprints and that those were the most difficult times of her life. In the poem, the person asks Jesus, Where were you when it was hardest? Because I see only one set of prints in the sand. And Jesus answers her, It was then that I carried you. This awareness of God's provision for us and care for us, nurturing of us and sustaining us, it is something we know we need, especially in our darkest times. Often in our darkest and lowest times, we feel abandoned by God, unable to recall God's presence with us in the ways that have seemed so familiar. We surmise that God isn't even there. And the pain of that separation is added to our own grief and struggle. I remember a particular time in Michael's and my life, when we received news that put us into a whole new world. We didn't know what to do about it. Michael told me he didn't want me to say anything, didn't want me to ask any questions, He didn't want me to try to offer some hopeful words or experiences of where things had turned out okay in the end. The pain was too big. There was really nothing to say. And so I didn't say anything, believe it or not, for a whole day. But there came a moment, sometime another day later where it seemed okay to say something, but all I could think of to say was, this feels really bad right now. It's true, in those times of darkness and brokenness, we feel the absence of God. But the absence of God reminds us of God's presence, for you can't feel absent of something that you haven't already known to be present to you. St. John of the Cross lived in the late 16th century, and he spoke about the dark night of the soul, that time of depravity that is a part of a spiritual journey, where we're put into sort of otherworldliness by our own suffering, and we look for where God is because God is not where God has always been. We feel the absence of God. I think this is what Jesus was doing when he was on the cross and he started Psalm 22 with the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the first line of Psalm 22. The psalm that immediately precedes Psalm 23. He only gives one line. It's probably all that he could say. Because when you die on the cross, it is through suffocation. In order to get a breath, one has to push up on one's feet. And eventually, you can't do it any longer. It's interesting to me that so often we think that Jesus is stopping there when he's just given one line, and we would not assume the same if I said, the Lord is my shepherd. You would go ahead and complete the whole psalm just upon hearing it. And I think we're invited to do the same with Psalm 22. Indeed, it does say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it goes on to talk about the suffering that we know in what we witness in Jesus on the cross. And then it goes on to say in verse 22 of Psalm 22, Praise the Lord, you that fear him. Stand in awe of him, O offspring of Israel. All you of Jacob's line give glory. For he does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty. Neither does he hide his face from them, but when they cry to him, he hears them. My praise is of him in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the presence of those who worship him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall bow before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over all the nations. To him alone, all who sleep in the earth bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to a people yet unborn the saving deeds that he has done. That's the conclusion of Psalm 22. John of the Cross, in his writings about the dark night of the soul, speaks about how it is that everything gets stripped away. You're left with nothing. And in that point of ultimate lowness, complete darkness you discover the solidness of God in a way that you had never known before in a way that reminds you of Paul's words to the Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God John of the Cross writes this I abandoned and forgot myself laying my face on my beloved all things ceased I went out from myself, leaving my cares forgotten among the lilies. (laughs) Oh, the good news of knowing that God holds us close, and Jesus is telling those who beg of Him an answer that this is the reality. I am the the Saviour, the Messiah. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. We can rejoice because there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. And there is no place that we can be that God is not willing to be there with us. Knowing that, we know that we are the Father's that he holds us close and there we remain safe, filled with the life that he gives us. Amen.